Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome. It is uh, Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, by the way, the Bowerly on WBEN Facebook page uh, allows me to uh, kind of exercise my my love of comedy. One of these days I want to do stand-up. I know how incredibly difficult it is, but sometimes I get inspired at night and I put these little things up on Facebook. And I wrote a very beautiful piece about true love and a typical true love conversation last night. Put it up on the Bowerly and WBEN Facebook page. I would say it's downright Shakespearean. If not, certainly Jonathan Swiftian. Um, if you're familiar with Jonathan Swift, you'll understand that he had some interesting thoughts on love, and so do I, and I posted them. Anyway, it is uh, 10 minutes after 5 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, we're talking about the death penalty. There's a transition for you, but we're talking about the death penalty, and uh, are you in favor of it or not in favor of it? What is worse, the death penalty or life without parole? This obviously is a question that uh, derives from the horrible events of yesterday, which brought back uh, some very, very bad memories for our community. And I cannot imagine uh, those of you who, whose family uh, or friends were victimized by this monster. I, look, I know because I have friends who are in your position, but it wasn't a mass shooting situation. I know how horrible it is and, and and how draining it is. It's tough enough to lose somebody because of the actions of somebody else, the intentional actions of somebody else. It's, it's tough. And then to constantly have it brought up, to constantly have to tell your story. Um, I mean, these, the, the, the witness, the, the victim impact statements yesterday, um, I guarantee they were written, they were rewritten or thought about and rethought about many times before we heard what we heard yesterday. Because people want to get them absolutely right. They want to make sure they say everything they wanted to say. They don't want to forget a single word uh, when they have a chance to speak with the, uh, well, to the perpetrator. And the the nightmare is, see, it, it, it's never going to end. You're always going to be reminded of it. That person is always going to be the missing part of your family. And it's, uh, it, it, it is so, as I'm trying to stress, it is just so incredibly painful for everybody in your family and it will be forever and it's just uh it's just right that we talk about the appropriate punishment in a situation like this and uh 
as I mentioned yesterday and at the top of this show today, and I got to restate it because we have people who tune in all the time, my views on the death penalty have changed. I'll go into greater detail later on, but suffice it to say, I'm all for the death penalty when somebody is found guilty beyond any doubt. And certainly the defendant yesterday was guilty beyond any doubt. And, you know, if, if you don't apply the death penalty to this sorry excuse for flesh, then who does deserve the death penalty? That's one of the issues I've got with the death penalty is it seems so arbitrary and, and so capricious. You know, some people get the death penalty for killing one person, and some people kill multiple people, even more than 10, and they're still alive. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, guy made a great point with Joe Beamer today. Timothy McVeigh was executed. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed is still alive, one of the masterminds of 9-11. 3,000 people dead. He's still alive. Uh, let's go to uh, Tom in Lackawanna on WBEN. Hello. Wow, you just uh, enlightened me, Tom, about the guy with the Al-Qaeda there that's still alive. I didn't know that one, but I'm sure a few of them are still alive. Yeah. Well, and it took a long time, too, to catch up to Osama bin Laden. Yeah, it did, but it all comes around in the, in the long run. But anyway, as far as your question, yes, of course, for the death penalty. That's a no-brainer, of course. But like you say, it depends on the person, the situation. Uh, this guy, which is not the, the main reason I, I'm even uh, commenting on this here. I mean, I told your screener there, what do you smell coming here a mile away? Somebody that age... Was his brain fully developed? He was not in his right mind. He didn't have the right defense. Can't you smell appeals coming a mile away here? Uh, I don't believe you are allowed to appeal um, when you take a plea. I think you forego the right to appeal, although somebody uh, with better knowledge of criminal procedure law may care to correct me. I think you forfeit your appeal right when you plead guilty. Well, ask your daughter about it later, maybe. But anyway, okay. Uh, yeah, it depends on the person. Well, I mean, look at these school shootings, Tom. What's happened to these people? I mean, now that it's, uh, you know, the time has gone by, like you say, what has happened to these people? Was it even on the table with these the kids never even had a, a chance to go up and screw up their own lives? I mean, these kids in the schools are just as horrendous. The one good thing I could say about this TOPS thing is at least there was no children, if I could say any good thing about it. Um. Well, you know what? Children are a special class of victims, but they, you know what? They, th some of these victims have living parent or parents, so they were actually somebody's child. And one of the things that you learn, I think, as you get older is that, you know, you can bury a 64-year-old son. It's still your baby. Well, of course, everybody's somebody's baby at one time, and I totally agree there. But you know, like I say, and you said yourself, this is gonna time is gonna pass, and I don't. Know, I hope this guy has no chance to repeal. Uh, at his age, great. Uh, yeah, you got to figure that's no life. I mean, I, I'd rather be dead myself. But you got to, like you said, suicide by cop. How many people do this because of depression and they want to die? So, okay, suicide by cop didn't work. So give me the death penalty. <laughs> you know. Well, uh, that yeah, you know what? That actually does happen. And then sometimes, uh, again, people people suddenly find the will to live. It, it's like uh, it's like the old story about the person who actually survived a suicide attempt. They jumped off a bridge, and on the way down, they had time to think. I thought I had problems then. Now I really have problems. And um, I think that a lot of uh, bad suicides, they 
to do all over again, they'd have done it uh, a different way. Uh, they they would not rather have uh, have have done what they did. Um, but as far as the uh, the argument that well, his brain wasn't fully developed, uh, the frontal lobe uh, with blah blah blah, um, where that argument, and I know that you were only making it as a hypothetical, where that argument falls on its face is the planning, the premeditation, the manifesto, the reconnaissance, the video, the live streaming of what he did showed such a, just a, a, a an unbelievable regard, disregard for human life as to be just beyond comprehension, he knew what he was doing when he did it. Now, somebody called in at some point, I forget when, and said, well, this this person is obviously crazy. Well, no, not according to the legal definition of crazy, which is you did not know what you were doing was wrong when you were doing it. Well, he knew what he was doing was wrong, and all you have to do is see the video where he looks at the white guy he wounded on the floor and very nonchalantly says, oh, sorry, like like he had just bumped into him in a crowded bar, and he just shot the, the, the person. Just unbelievable. I agree. It goes back to the old adage, crazy yes, stupid no. Uh, okay, if I could just one more point here, and I know you kind of downplay this for your own reasons. You don't think it's as important in history as Kennedy or whatever, but to me, John Lennon was a horrendous thing and a big deal, and that guy has come up for parole so many times, but he admits it. Yeah, Mia culpa, he admits it. I did it for glory, and then the parole board keeps telling him, I think you should have been killed myself, but if the parole board keeps telling him, no, you did it, you don't have no really remorse, you did it, you're, you're basking in your fame yet, no matter that you're riding here for so many years, and he admits it. Yeah, I did it for glory. Yeah, uh, I'm just kind of curious what you mean by I downplay it for my own reasons. I'm a little, I'm a little confused about that. Heard you kind of, you know, put uh, things about this is the fine line between somebody born in the late 50s and before and 60s, which you're in the 60s. I'm the late 50s. Uh, musically, there's that kind of fine line there. I think Lennon was great myself. I mean, he was human. Fine. He was no nowhere near perfect. He admit that. But I, he was very important, and to, for somebody to be shot like that in the back, minding their own business, uh, just because of who he was, I, come on now, you know. Uh, I, I have never said that that wasn't a horrible thing. I, I don't know where that comes from. Um, I was a teenager. The night John Lennon was murdered, I was upstairs on my 1972 Fender Telecaster learning how to play I Feel Fine. So wow. obviously, obviously, yeah, obviously that affected me. My issue with John Lennon is the, the man was a hypocrite. Because his oh, his song ima- his song Imagine here's a guy singing about no possessions living in a fancy apartment building by Central Park. Excuse me, that's a bit hypocritical. Tom, somebody did write that about him when the song came out, and you know what he did? The couple times he did that song afterwards, he did take it to heart and he changed it to I wonder if we can. So I'll leave you on that one. All right, thank you. Yep, thank you very much. I uh, I appreciate it. Uh, and John Lennon was also he also got into a bunch of fist fights uh, during some uh, very tumultuous time. Look, none of us are perfect. I'm a hypocrite myself in some ways. Okay, I I admit that, but um, it's not so much addressed to John Lennon as it is people who uh, put John Lennon on this uh, impossible 
um, impossible pedestal, if you will. But what the murder of John Lennon uh, did was absolutely atrocious. John Lennon was only 40 years old. He had just released Double Fantasy, a song, an album on which, from which many amazing hit songs came. John Lennon was going to have a career resurgence, and his murderer took that away from from all of us musically. Uh, John Lennon is incredible, and I think only now is he getting his just due as a uh, guitar player. But no, his his talent uh, is is beyond what was beyond description. Um, I can't say the same for Yoko Ono, um, and I'm not going to sing "Don't Worry, Kyoko," but uh, I promise I won't. But I know this: I couldn't be any worse than she is singing it. It is uh, 21 minutes after five at News Radio 930 WBEN. But no, I, I feel sorry for Yoko Ono because is the man she loved, and they're obviously very deeply in love, soulmates. And she watched him shot down in front of her. Um, and you know, the the, the thing is, I, I think the killer of John Lennon was on a mission. John Lennon was going to die on that trip, no matter what. But on December 8, 1980, uh, Yoko actually had wanted to go out to dinner before they went home to the Dakota apartment building. And uh, John said, no, I want to stop home and see my son first. And he stopped home. Chapman yelled, Mr. Lennon. John Lennon turned around and Chapman got into a military position and uh, unfortunately with... uh, great accuracy put an end to John Lennon's life. He was essentially dead by the time he arrived at the hospital. It it was a terrible night. It was a terrible time. Um, And, uh, I mean, I I don't know as far as downplaying it. No, it it, uh, obviously that affected me very deeply, but uh, my only criticism of John Lennon is is the one I expressed. All right, uh, we have uh, a little bit, about a half hour to go here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, Going to continue this um, on on the program as we move along. The uh, the situation with the death penalty. I said at the beginning of this hour that I'd go into greater detail uh, on why I've kind of changed my tune on the death penalty over the years, and uh, I think I mentioned this at the beginning of the show as well. You know, in in life, you are going to change opinions on a lot of things. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because when you have an opinion and then information comes out that makes your opinion untenable, you'd kind of be foolish to hold on to an opinion that you can't really defend according to facts and rationality. And the problem I have with a lot of politicians, somebody, for example, in the governor's office, she does not change opinions based on actual conversion to a new line of belief, based on new evidence, there is a demonstrable pattern with the governor and many other politicians as well of conveniently changing positions because that's where the votes are with those particular positions. And if you're running for statewide office in New York City, you had better be firmly aligned with the far left That's all you have to do to be governor of New York State. Align yourself with the far left in New York City, and you're going to win. It's a numbers game, and some would call it brilliant politics. I think that that kind of behavior 
um, is one of the reasons why most of us regard uh, politicians as lower than crocodile pee, um, because we all change opinions. But to do it conveniently and for self-interest in terms of getting votes, I find that reprehensible behavior. But I've done a, a slight change, I think, in the uh, death penalty, not nearly as cavalier about it as I was, and there are reasons why. I'll briefly explain them again when we come back, or I will take your telephone calls. If you want to line up, I'll spare you my drone. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Tom Puckett coming up next with the news. And by the way, this program being masterfully put together by Lucas Buckley, call screening duties today. Lucas Buckley. He's an amazing man, a great American, and a hero. It is uh, 27 minutes after 5 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome. It is Bowerly, News Radio 930 WBEN. Tom would be the first name, but uh, all you really need is the last one, I guess. I mean, I've been called a lot worse, believe me. It's uh, 
37 degrees, and if you're just joining us, welcome. Obviously, uh, we're talking about the death penalty. Are you for the death penalty? Are you against the death penalty? And obviously, talking about this because of the events of yesterday, and uh, we don't have a death penalty in New York State. And federally, last I checked, the Biden administration had done away with the death penalty for uh, federal offenses. So... Uh, whether that is or is not on the table remains an open question at this point. But, you know, one of the issues I have is if this monster doesn't face the death penalty, who should face the death penalty? And that that's one of the issues I have with capital punishment is why some people kill one person and they're put to death. Other people commit mass murder and they're still alive. I don't get it. I wish there was more consistency. Uh, let's go to Raheem in Lockport. Raheem, welcome. You're on WBEN. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Well, I am doing well, thank you, sir. I know, it's really unsettling everything that happened these past few events. I think, and I'll give you my reasons, he shouldn't get the death penalty right away. If this was like Anwar Haja's regime in Armenia, you know, he, they would have said, well, you're guilty. They'd open the side door and brrr, that's it's all done and over with. But unfortunately, what's going to happen when he gets older, he's going to end up like, oh, I'm not going to name all these infamous killers, but they have they have like a pr- private housing on some of these major prisons. They're like little cottages, and they can go there, have a car, and it's all fenced in. You know, they're monitored and whatnot, but, you know, way to, way to, way to live. Like Mark David Chapman, you know what I mean? You know, he was staying in one of those cottages after a while because he just was high-profile prisoner. You know, we're scared we're going to murder him. And just, just like this guy here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I killed the guy that killed all the people at tops. You know, they'd be a hero. And with this thing about killing all these people, you kill one man, you know, they put you to sleep. But you kill 100 men, you're God. You know what I mean? They're going to study him and analyze him and pick and prod him and... You know, hopefully they'll drive him crazy. Well, you know what, I, Raheem, I have no problem with uh, with forensic psychiatrists examining this individual, uh, and I have a hard time calling him a human being. Sometimes I slip and I do, but the more they can learn about evil and its sources, I, let's find out how he became radicalized. Let's find out about whether he's always been a sociopath. Let's find out about his upbringing and his parents. And by the way, I believe, with uh, as most of the victim family members believe, I don't buy for a minute that his parents weren't aware uh, of what was going on with their son. There was so much abnormality and aberrance in his behavior. How could they not know? Come on. When your son threatens the high school and he's taken for a psyche veil, how can you not know there's something up? And by the way, something that has not been talked about a lot in this case, he never should have been allowed to purchase firearms because he was demonstrably a threat to himself and others. He had made a threat against other human beings and why his name was not put into the Knicks system. I have no idea. A lot of people get into the Knicks system who shouldn't be in the Knicks system. They can't buy a firearm because of a clerical error or because somebody screwed up. Here's somebody who should have been in the system who wasn't. Exactly. You know, his father was probably a neo-Nazi or something, and he just grew up that way to hate and don't like you know people of color. And all these poor people now, my brothers and sisters, 
you know, they lost all their holidays with their loved ones. They lost them, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, grandparents. You know, it's never going to end. Well, Raheem, you know, there's a lot of this is generations are, are over with and they'll heal. But right now, in the next 50, 60 years, you know, this is going to be constantly on their minds. And one of these poor mothers and fathers get cancer when their kids get killed by a drunk driver. You know what I mean? They just got that constantly on their head. Oh, it's sick and it's horrible. Look, there's a lot of people listening, Raheem, who know this for a fact. You can be 85 years old and you bury a 50 year old son, and it's still your child, no matter how old your baby. That's right. No matter how old your child is, they're always your baby. And uh, you know, obviously, we've been we've been through that in uh, in our family. A lot of families have been through that. Um, and it happens, but it doesn't make it any easier. But uh, when you no. said, you know, was his father a neo-Nazi, I'd like to know more about the family and what was talked about at home. I would like to know, was it the Internet that radicalized him? Uh, did he start to exhibit any aberrant feelings? Uh, I would like to know, was he exposed to any of our black brothers and sisters? I have no idea, because how how you can dehumanize um, an entire race of people, I do not understand that. And yet it happens over and over again in history, sometimes with regimes, and this time with an individual. All right. You know, if, when he was, since he was a kid, he was brought up to hate color, skin people of color. So obviously someone was preaching to him when he got older, and he finally understood what it meant. So he started doing it. But who who was it? That's I, I still don't know. I'm still no closer, Raheem, and I don't think we're all any closer to knowing where this madness, well, I don't want to say madness because he knew what he was doing, where this um, evil came from. Was he born with it? What made him that way? Was it the family dynamic? Was it the Internet? Uh, I have no idea. Right, exactly. Look at Charles Manson. That's probably the only reason why they kept him alive all these years, and he finally died an old man. You know, they were quizzing him and questioning him about all this and that, and he, he got worse. It was all a big game to him. Uh, unfortunately. Say, on TV, he says, oh, I'll get, go see Gaddafi if I got out today. You know, what a horrible thing to say. That tells you what his brain mindset is. Well, here's, you know, he here, here's... Have no remorse, no regret, and he didn't care what he, he, the system gave him. He got three hots in a cot, three medical... The same thing. When he got older, he had his old garden, his little cottage, and he could stretch his legs anytime he wanted to go out in the sunshine. I'm not sure what his living arrangements. I don't know what his living arrangements were as far as this whole cottage thing that you're talking about. I switched uh, over the years from Leavenworth, and I I have several different books on different entrance people that uh, they get a certain age. You know, supposedly their classifications change. Mm. You know, they monitor that psychiatrist, and they you change your level, change your level, change your level. Then you have an option to go to population or uh, a special housing unit with special people like cops, you know, that are, are going to be uh, risked. Uh, they're going to get murdered or, you know. Well, maybe maybe somebody can maybe somebody can enlighten me because uh, I, I hadn't heard about this. But there's there's one thing about Charles Manson, and it pains me to say this, but having listened to having watched interviews with Charles Manson, and, and this is so it, it is so disturbing, but it, it's undeniably true. Charles Manson had a charisma about him. That like look the way he could change his face facial expression so fast. You read my mind. I was just he, exactly what I was thinking. Yes, the way he would move his lips. 
you know, Barbara Walters, when she interviewed him at one time, and same thing with that other famous woman there. I think it was Connie Chung. This was years ago, and uh, you know they, they were scared. They left after they left the interview room. They told different people, "This is look, I almost started crying." You know, because I was scared that he was sizing me up to, to kill me if I turned my back on him. You know, a lot, a lot of famous killers are like that. But you know, un, unfortunately and and tragically for everybody whose lives were destroyed by Charles Manson and his cult, he did have a certain energy about him. Um, and I, I, it's it's hard to describe. It's it's even harder to understand. But but the the monster who who did May Fourteenth, no, uh, he's got nothing. He's got absolutely nothing. I've I've been places, Tom. There were I, you you could sense the aura about them and look in their eyes. They're like dead pools. Uh, as as far as Manson, if you don't know what I'm talking about, and you suddenly think Bowerly's lost his mind, he's praising Charles Manson. I'm not praising Charles Manson. What I am saying is that he had a weird sort of charisma about him. Um, I mean, and he was a con man, as many of these people are. He was an incredible con man. He, uh, he was hanging out with Dennis Wilson and the Beach Boys at one point. He had a way of ingratiating himself to people before he scared the Dickens out of them. Um, and he was only about five foot four, five foot four, and just a, a a miniature human monster. But you listen to him talk, and it, it's a maniacal kind of charisma that I don't know if science can even explain or if if science has a word for it. But it's something that you feel when you watch it, something you hear when you listen to him. Let's go to Jim in uh, Lancaster on WBEN. Jim, the uh, death penalty, yes or no? Uh, no. And, Tom, thank you very much for taking that call. And the reason why I'm against the uh, death penalty is for two reasons. Uh, the first one, it, it does not act as a deterrent. It does not stop people from committing the crime. So having, having it on the books is, like, useless because people are still going to murder whether it's planned or whether it's accidental, the fact remains is it's not a deterrent. The second reason why I'm against it is because the, uh, the district attorney and the police have only one concern, and that is an arrest and a conviction to keep the community happy. So you, what you're doing by sending people to the death to, to death is you are executing innocent, you are executing innocent people. And what I think that they should do is exactly what happened to this one person. He's gotten 12 uh, life uh, sentences without parole. And I think they should have a special prison just for these people alone, put all these murderers in the one prison, and let them work it out amongst themselves. Don't put them in with the gen pop, people who, who commit crimes like burglary or robbery or things like that. You take all the people who are who are heinous human beings, and it's the same thing as like what they do with what the French did with Devil's Island. They put all the bad people onto an island, and and they all they just let them kill them, kill each other, and let justice be served that way. Because unfortunately, a lot of people have been and will be executed who are innocent. And that's the shame of it all. And again, it's not a deterrent. Doesn't stop people because obviously, if it was, we wouldn't have had the May Fourteenth massacre. 
Uh, thank, thank you. All right, thank you very much. I, uh, I appreciate the call. Um, yeah, Devil's Island is a very interesting case study. As far as deterrent, um, I don't think I brought up once uh, deterrence as an argument in favor of the death penalty because uh, you're right. There is no evidence at all that the death penalty acts as a deterrent for people, especially I would think that these mass shooters, because most of the time these mass shooters either kill themselves or they commit suicide by cop. The fact that this one was apprehended alive is uh, a small, uh, a smaller percentage than those who do not get apprehended. As far as people being unfairly convicted, I do agree with you, and I have cited that as one of my reasons why I've done a little bit of a change uh, on the death penalty. In all seriousness, I've said this before, but it, it, it's, I guess, a good way to kind of wrap things up here. Um, I'm a lot less cavalier about the death penalty than I used to be. And the reason for that is, uh, well, actually twofold. And it goes back to some cases that were in the news 10, 15, whatever years ago, um, when we found out that uh, Anthony Capozzi, who had been convicted as the Delaware Park rapist, was in fact an innocent man. Remember, he was convicted in the era before DNA based on uh, eyewitness identification. And he gave the best years of his life to New York State unfairly locked up as a rapist. And can you imagine not just Anthony, but his family and the shame they went through and knowing that their son was innocent but being powerless to fight the juggernaut of the machine? Um, I feel so bad for his family. And Lynn Dijak. Imagine going to prison convicted of murdering your own daughter, your own daughter, knowing that you didn't do it. And she gave the best years of her life to New York State, falsely, wrongly convicted. And it's because I know that people are wrongly convicted. And I love what the Innocence Project and Barry Shrek do with situations like this. Um when you incarcerate somebody wrongly, at least they've got a chance to seek some compensation. Although, how much money is worth the best years of your life? You couldn't pay a billion dollars doesn't make up for giving the best years of your life falsely and wrongly. When you execute somebody falsely, you murder them. And there's no making up for that. And that's why I will go along with the death penalty when a new st a standard is established that is guilt beyond any doubt, not reasonable doubt, but any doubt. And that threshold would absolutely have been met by the May 14th terrorist. I do believe he should get the death penalty. Then I ask you the question, well, what's better? Or what, what's, what's harder on the person? Is it life without parole or is it the death penalty? And reading on a place like Supermax, for example, Supermax, would you really want to be alive very long in a Supermax facility? That's not really being alive. That's like being the living dead. Maybe that is worse than the death penalty. I don't know. Um, I know the death penalty is not a deterrent uh, to society. It does prevent the person who is the mass murderer from doing it again or from hurting a guard or another inmate. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.